I am so thrilled to have Brother Hanscom come to this pulpit and minister the gospel. He has been a leader in the United Pentecostal Church in various positions, a missionary for many, many years to Pakistan, and then traveled as an evangelist worldwide, all over the world, preaching and ministering in crusades. Most of all, he's just a great friend, and he's a friend of this church. Would you welcome Brother Hanscom as he comes and ministers the Word of God today? Come on, shout a shout of praise. Would you do that? Shout unto the Lord the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're so happy and delighted to be here this morning, and we greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in the house that believe in revival? Is there anybody here that believe that this is the day of harvest. This is the day of revival. And this is the day when God is doing great things among his church, among his people. Such an honor to be with you. And we so, we're so happy to be with our friends, Brother and Sister Sullivan, then to be with Bishop Thomas, very, very dear friend. And we are delighted to be here. When we walked into this building, it took my breath. This building is just absolutely beyond description, actually. It's just so wonderful, so great. I want my wife to come this morning. This lady, we appreciate so very much. And you may be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to feel the presence of the Lord? I feel an excitement here. And the other day I thought, well, if we would stretch just a little bit higher, we might even touch heaven. Actually touch it. Wouldn't that be great? Just to feel the presence of the Lord as it comes down upon us. It's just wonderful. And, of course, my husband mentioned your beautiful church. What, what a tremendous job you've done. And we, we talk a lot about there's God can do anything but there's some things God can't do. He can't do everything. He can't build a church. But you all have done that, and that's beautiful. I'm telling you, God, for the glory of God. And to be with uh, Leanne and Tim, we're so happy to be with them and their family. And uh, thank you for everything. And uh, it's going to be wonderful to have a lot of time with them to worship, to have fellowship and worship together. But I want to ask you a question. How many would like to be a missionary to Pakistan? I don't get many takers anymore. <laughs> Usually this, I have a guy that likes to go there. <laughs> well, uh, since um, probably you hear a lot in the news, especially when Afghanistan was really uh, uh, prominent in the news, I kind of let you know where we are in Pakistan. We have a globe here that will show a, you a little bit about where we were. We were on the other side of the world, Pakistan, a little country, 
and we worked in Sri Lanka also. Um, it's a long way from Arkansas. It's a long way from Fort Smith. But this kind of lets you know where we were, what we were doing, and uh, then we can narrow in on the next map to show you Pakistan. So when you're reading the book, if you want to purchase one as you go out, it'll give you a little idea of where we were. We were um, China on the north, Afghanistan, India, very, very remote part of the world. And uh, Pakistan is very different. It's almost a different world, especially in 70 when we went, 73. But because it's a long country, we have mountains and we have beautiful agricultural plains and we come down to the ocean. And uh, I promise you, if we check the weather every day, it's going to be the same, hot and hotter and hotter. <laughs> it's very hot there. And in Karachi, we had a great church uh, there we started. And um, uh, they advertised, you know, beautiful beaches and everything. And, it's, and they had this one hotel called Beach Luxury Hotel. There was no luxury and there was no beach. <laughs> so it's not a tourist destination, you know. And people aren't standing in line to go to Pakistan. We also had to learn another language. My husband mentioned a little bit of it there. Urdu is a uh, very difficult language to learn. And I've told you a few negatives, but the people were wonderful. So we loved it there. We loved being there. And there, here we are, this young family. And uh, we go to Pakistan in 1973 with three small children. I don't know what's happened to those kids. I don't know where they... We all grew up 18 years in Pakistan, but it was a wonderful life. And uh, some of the miracles in that are in our book, and you can enjoy that. But we've been asked many times, why would you go there? Why would you go all the way to Pakistan? And uh, there is a reason. Mark 16, 15 said, and he said unto them, go, a little word, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is, in, and is baptized in the name of Jesus shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Jesus' name, they shall cast out devils. We saw that happen. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. We didn't have to do that thing, thank the Lord. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. That's what the miracles are all about. Laying hands on the sick in Jesus' name, and they shall recover. So my answer to why did we go, it's because Jesus said go. Jesus said go. And when we arrived there in 1973, it was like we just started, we were dropped into the book of Acts. Uh, so many th wonderful things were happening. Just had a small group of believers, but the Pakistani Christians, they didn't know about the Holy Ghost. And they had a hunger. They didn't know about the oneness of God. And so they were so hungry for the word of God. It was, it was really beautiful. And can you imagine the message that we might have preached there? Be Acts 2.38. You know that one? Every service. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. And it works every time. 
in every language, in every nation. And the people would sit on the floor, on the ground, and listen as the missionary would teach. And they simply believed the word of God, a simple faith. And they obeyed, and then they received the Holy Ghost. We have witnessed thousands of people receiving the Holy Ghost. And that has, what a joy that's been for our life to see so many people receive the Holy Ghost. To witness that, it's just been wonderful. And it seemed like it was so easy for the people to receive the Holy Ghost. After they heard the preaching, the missionary preaching, they just repented and they would shed a few tears, drop off their cheek, and they would say, Hallelujah. You know, Hallelujah is the same in every language hallelujah and say hallelujah and God heard that and he saw those tears <laughs> and then they would just easily start speaking in tongues and I'm telling you that is a beautiful sight that is a beautiful sight to watch a soul receive the beautiful Holy Spirit in their lives and how rich that made them because they were very poor very poverty, I didn't mention that in my introduction of Pakistan, but it is a very, very poor country. So many times I watch my husband baptize people. One time we were at this canal and I won't explain what was floating in the water, but after he had baptized so many, he said, you know, I need to take a break. We need to sing some songs. So we sang some choruses. And that day my husband baptized 100 people in Jesus name in that canal. And God performed many miracles. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same in Pakistan. And one of the greatest uh, memories I have of our first uh, uh, few years in Pakistan was we had a big crusade and there was about 8,000. They were expecting about 800, but about 8,000 people showed up. And they were in this big tent and it's called a Shamiana. And it's a beautiful colored thing and it was a you know, all put up and the electric wires and everything in the poles. Uh, but I kind of saw that the tent was swaying a little bit. <laughs> Usually I sit down there, but I came up and stood beside my husband. And not because I was so spiritual, but because I knew there was an exit close by in the back if, if I had to get, get out. But a wonderful thing happened to me there. And it happened for me to see, to be an eyewitness of, it's been a great thing in my life. And as I looked out all over the people, the people were pushing to try and get up front. It was, it was mass confusion almost. It was just uh, people were so hungry and they were so needy. And they just knew if they got up front and someone prayed for them in Jesus' name, they would get what they needed. Their faith was great and they wanted to come and have the preacher touch them in Jesus' name. Well, in the back, I noticed there was a commotion, and that's something you always worry about in a big crowd if things get moving and get out of hand. And so I was keeping my eye on what was going on back there, and I noticed this couple had a baby wrapped in a blanket, and they lifted the baby up, and they handed it down over the heads of the people. So when it would come to them, they were all very careful with it. They just brought the baby. I'm standing right up here, and this baby is right here in front of me. And uh, I didn't know what the problem was, but when I got a close look at the baby, I noticed its eyes were going, was very erratic. So I didn't know if it was a, a brain issue or a blind, uh, if the child was blind, I didn't really know. But I know, it just gives me chills when I think about it, that when hands touched that baby, in Jesus' name, the eyes stopped. 
and were normal. They stopped right there and they were looking right to me. I said, God has done something wonderful here for this tiny little baby in Pakistan. And I thank God that I was privileged to witness that. Now, I'm very curious, and of course I love babies, but I said, I want to find out what really happened. And with all this crowd, I knew I never would. So they passed the baby back to the parents, very carefully. And when the parents looked in their baby's face, they threw it right up in the air, but they caught it with a big hug. And that was my confirmation that those parents saw that God had done a great miracle for that tiny, tiny baby. And it was all done in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So since we're talking a little bit about Pakistan, would you like to speak some Urdu? Yes, it's easy. In Jesus' name, it's Yesu, Yesu Kename. And that's what touched that baby. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And God healed her today because God is no respecter of persons. In Jesus' name, Yesu Kename, he can do it right then because he says we have power in his name. And um, I don't believe that God loved that baby in Pakistan more than he loves you today. I don't believe that because God is no respecter of persons. And he loves you and you can receive that miracle today. Would you like to stand and let's speak the name of Jesus. Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. When we speak his name, he hears us and he comes and meets with us and will supply our need. Lord bless you. Give that clap of praise unto God. Hallelujah. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is no respecter of persons. I come into this message today with high expectation. I want to put your mind into a state of anticipation. I fully believe that God is going to work a great work in our midst today. But we must exercise faith. I said we must exercise faith. God honors faith wherever he finds it. I have seen Hindus healed. I've seen Muslims healed. I've seen Buddhists healed. And uh, he is a healer that he honors faith wherever he finds faith. If we don't exercise in the natural, we become slow, we become lazy, we become overweight. And when we don't exercise spiritually, we also become ineffective and weak Christians. So can we exercise faith today? We need to stretch out of our comfort zone of our current expectations. What did you expect God to do here today? I believe that as the word of God is preached, you can receive your miracle. We have seen it many, many, many times. In fact, there's such power in this word 
that every time the man of God stands in this pulpit and preaches the holy word of God, I believe miracles are taking place. In fact, I believe miracles are taking place right now. Right now in this place. Hallelujah. So we move into the operation of God's power. Praise God. Hallelujah. What's happened? I've lost my notes here for some reason. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need you today. We thank you, Lord, for your power. We thank you, Lord, for your power. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done for us. We believe you, Lord. We believe you, Lord. We believe you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we need you today, Lord, right now. In the name of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to the word of God at this time. I've given the, the wonderful people in the booth back there some scriptures. We're not going to use those right now. Let's go to the book of Joshua, chapter 6. Joshua, chapter 6. In verse 10, Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then shall he shout. Now in good old Canadian English, that means be quiet, all right? Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. All the power of the enemy. Psalms 118 and verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The living Bible puts it this way. He is for me. How can I be afraid? Hallelujah. Let's uh, one more time lift our hands together and ask the Lord to help us today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We praise you. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Joshua commanded the people to be quiet. In other words, Israel was restricted on talking. The Bible teaches us that life and death is in the tongue. And so Joshua was aware of the power we possess for talking ourselves out of victories. This church has the power to talk itself out of revival. You have the power to talk yourself out of a miracle this morning. There's, there's life and death in the tongue. And so you possess tremendous power in the words that you speak. Even when there is no evidence, even when there is no opposition, sometimes we talk ourselves out of the victory. I believe Joshua learned that lesson at Kadesh Barnea when 12 spies were sent out to spy out the land. The Bible says they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people we saw in it are men of great stature, and there we saw the giants 
and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And upon hearing this, the Bible says the congregation lifted up their voice and they wept and they murmured against Moses and they wanted to return back to Egypt. I think the process is still the same today. When people begin to complain about this and that and the church and then it's not long until the murmuring against the spiritual leadership that God has placed over them and it's not long until they walk right out of the church back into the world. God takes our words seriously. The Bible says, God said, I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, and as they have spoken, so shall it be unto them. Their carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. Now at Jericho, something there is there's something in the spirit of that man, Joshua. He said, never again. I was here before. Your forefathers were here before. I've waited 40 years to get back here. You are never going to do that again. I'm telling you, don't speak a word. I don't want one word coming out of your mouth. He said, we're looking at a promise. Praise God. Sometimes conflicts come. Opposition from the enemy will come. But... You shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall a word proceed out of your mouth. Some time ago in the Metro New York's district, the district superintendent called an, an all-day prayer meeting or uh, a citywide prayer meeting, and they came from all over the Metro New York area on a Saturday morning and the prayer meeting was to go from 9 until 12. But at 12 o'clock, there were those that were travailing in the spirit. There were those that were interceding in the spirit. The prayer meeting went on and it went on and it went on until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon when God began to speak to them through tongues and interpretation. And the Lord said, because you have prayed, I have spared your city from great disaster. What they didn't know was while that prayer meeting was going on, there was a young man from Pakistan was planting a bomb in Times Square. It never went off. Now the church will probably never get credit for that, but I believe it was because of the prayers of God's people. The prayers of God's people. There's tremendous power in our prayers. I was preaching in a village in southern Pakistan, a place called Songar. And uh, it's a very remote area. They did not have electricity in that village. I preached to about 350 people, stood under a little kerosene lantern that was hanging on the branch of a tree. There were many people that received the gift of the Holy Ghost in that service. After the service, it is always the custom there. We must always take time to sit down and drink hot tea with the elders. This is very important. And so I was sitting there, and by the way, I hate hot tea, but I was drinking it. I drank gallons of it because we do what we have to do, right? in order to see souls saved. And so I was drinking this hot tea and I noticed the little boy sitting on the ground all by himself. 
And uh, I wondered about it. And I went over and I sat down beside him. It was very late at night. And I said, son, it's late. It's time to go home. Your parents are probably worried about you. He looked up at me with those big brown eyes and he said, Pastor, I'm waiting on Jesus to come. And when Jesus comes, he's got to heal my crippled leg. He had a left leg that was twisted. He showed me a stick that he used to walk into that service or hobble into that service on. I'm just waiting on Jesus to come, he said. And when Jesus comes, he's going to heal my crippled leg. He reminded me of what I had preached. I had preached in that place. When Jesus comes to your village, if you're sick, he will make you well. And he believed it. Finally, I got enough courage to say, son, I believe Jesus is here. You cannot see him, but his presence is here. I'm going to pray for you right now. I believe Jesus is going to heal your crippled leg. And as I knelt on the ground beside him, began to pray, I put my hand around that crippled leg. And suddenly, as I said, in the name of Jesus, you see the faith of this little boy. He believes that right now you're going to come by here and you're going to heal his crippled leg. While I was praying that simple prayer, suddenly I began to feel movement in that leg as that leg began to straighten out. I could hear those bones, those joints pop into place as that leg straightened out. He stood up. He had been instantly healed by the power of God. He began to jump up and down and shout, Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Hallelujah. Jesus did it. If Jesus would do it for that little guy there in that village in Pakistan, that's the kind of faith I'm talking to you about this morning. We need to have that kind of faith that we believe that when Jesus shows up, how many believe Jesus has showed up this morning? He has shown up. He's here in this place right now. He is here. Whatever you need right now, I believe you can receive it. In the name of Jesus. We talk about miracles and we read about it in the word of God. The Bible is full of miracles. It's full of miracles. I was reading about Sarah. 90 year old woman having a baby. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good miracle right there, pastor. The Bible's full of miracles. Amen. The New Testament, Jesus went everywhere healing the sick. But that same Jesus is right here in this place right now. Praise God. How about hearing some, about some 21st century miracles? Would you be interested in hearing about some 21st century, 20th century miracles? Praise God. We're preaching in, in Wisconsin. We begin to Witness miracle after miracle after miracle. People with heart disease were healed. There was a lady that needed surgery on her, her knee. She went to the doctor to get the surgery. She didn't need surgery. It had been healed by the power of God. I was preaching in Jacksonville, North Carolina. There was a man there. I knew him quite well. And he was dying with cancer. He had a growth on the back of his leg about 16 inches long. And in the middle of that service, I stopped and I pointed down at him and I said, 
Mike, this is your day. This is your day to receive your miracle. When I said that, he stood up, both hands shot up in the air, and he began to shout unto God, and God instantly healed him of cancer. He went back to the doctor, no cancer. He had been completely healed. I take authority right now over cancer in this house. In the name of Jesus, I cast out cancer. In the name of Jesus, I cast out cancer. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and give him praise. In the name of Jesus, I believe it is done. It is done. We are preaching at a place recently. There was a man there that needed a liver transplant. Everybody was worried about, the, the, uh, the pastor was telling me, that they're all worried about this man. He's got to go in in two weeks to have a liver transplant. Guess what? He went to get his transplant. The doctor said, you don't need a liver transplant. Your liver is fine. You don't need it. There was a little boy that had a mark on the top of his head, and his head was was not formed properly and the parents were so worried about it and we prayed for that child in the name of Jesus. That night, the, the father called the pastor and said, Pastor, the mark has gone off of my son's head. His head looks normal. I believe it's been healed by the power of God. We prayed for a little twin girls. They were twin girls. They had what they call angel syndrome. And uh, they were spastic. They could not walk and they could not talk. And I just got uh, a, 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 an email just this week from the pastor, Brother Marvin Arnold. And he said, you know what, Brother Hanscom, one of those little girls are walking. It's a miracle. She's walking now. I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven that is able to do anything. Anything. Praise God. The Bible says in the book of Romans that we are to speak the word of God. That's what we're doing this morning. We're going to speak the word of God. Sickness cannot stand in the face of the name of Jesus. Disease cannot stand in the face of the name of Jesus. COVID cannot stand in the face of the name of Jesus. Oppression, depression, Addiction cannot stand in the face of the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance from demons in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't tell me all demons are over in Pakistan, all right? There's a few right here in Arkansas, I'm sure. Maybe a little more sophisticated, but they're here. There's deliverance today. I don't know what you need right now, but I believe in the name of Jesus. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I say it's going to happen. <clears throat> we had been in Pakistan only about a year. And our little boy, our son, fell off the roof of our house. I was at the church at the time, and when I found out about what had happened, I rushed over to the emergency room of the local hospital. I ran in there, and there was my little five-year-old son, our only son, laying there. 
gasping for breath. He had fallen 20 feet, had landed, struck his head on concrete. When he struck the concrete driveway, it smashed his head wide open. Doctor told me, he said, his brain is coming out through his left ear. He said, it's a hopeless, hopeless case. We have no equipment. We have no way of treating him. They were, all they were doing was giving him a little oxygen to try and help him breathe. Doctor said, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. Your son cannot live. I said, well, Dr. Iqbal, we'll take him home. We'll get him on a plane. We'll take him back to America. We'll get him into a good hospital. Put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Don, I've got to tell you this. You'll never get your son out of this airport alive. Your boy cannot live. I remember as I picked him up in my arms and I began to carry him back and forth across that hospital ward. For three days, my wife and I took turns holding him in our arms most of the time, crying out to God, praying, believing, asking God for a miracle. I tried to get a call through to our international headquarters. I could not get a call through. But I want to tell you, although we were in one of the remote areas of the world, there was a God in heaven that knew exactly where we were. He knew where we were. I kept praying. We kept believing God for a miracle. But after three days, it seemed that all hope was gone. There was no pulse and there was no breath. I believed that my son had already passed away. My wife ran out of the room screaming and saying, I cannot bear to see my boy die. I remember as I took my boy in my arms, he's laying on the bed, and I just pulled him close to me and embraced him. I was holding him in my arms, and I was crying out to God. There was about 100 people standing around just watching this crazy foreigner. I'd never seen anybody pray like that before. I said, God, I know you can do it because I've seen you perform miracles. I've seen you open blinded eyes. I've... I've watched you make crippled people walk. I've, I've seen you perform miracles of all kinds, and God, it's my turn. I need a miracle. I need it now. And I kept praying, oh, God, I need a miracle now. And suddenly I felt somebody tapping me on my left shoulder, and I looked and opened up my eyes and looked, and there was a gentleman standing right behind me, right beside me. I did not know him. He did not give me his name. He simply said this, God has sent me to pray for your son. That's all he said. And he reached his hand out and laid it on my boy's forehead and started to pray. And when he prayed, my son opened his eyes and began to speak. Daddy, I'm sorry I climbed up on the roof. That was the first thing he said. I stood up and I turned around. Who is this man? I'm thinking he's a pastor. I'm, I'm thinking he's a, he's a minister. But when I turned to get acquainted with him, he was gone. He was no longer there. And I, I said to the nurses and all those people standing, where is this man that prayed for my son? Where is he? Nobody seemed to know what happened to him. 
I ran outside. I searched the law, the foyer. I, I searched the parking lot. I kept looking. Where is this guy? I want to meet this man. But I've never seen him since. I don't know who it was. Now, maybe in Arkansas, y'all don't believe in miracles like that. Maybe y'all don't believe in angels. Do y'all believe in angels here? I believe it was an angel that God sent all the way down from glory to touch my boy. He is known as the miracle boy in Pakistan. They put him on national television over there. This is the miracle boy right here. I'm telling you, if God can do that for him, he can do for you today whatever it is that you have need of in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You put that next picture up there, if you will. There he is right there. That's my boy. His wife, his three sons. He's pastoring a church in Jacksonville, North Carolina. He's having revival. Hallelujah. He's normal, by the way. <laughs> I say he's normal. His sister thinks he's a little bit weird, but other than that, he's okay, all right? If he walked in here right now, you would, you would never know that he ever had an accident of any kind at all. He's absolutely, absolutely normal. I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven right now. I've come to give him glory. I've come to give him praise. Hallelujah. I speak miracles here right now. Hallelujah. I speak miracles right now. How many need a miracle right now? Would you lift your hand? You need a miracle right now in the name of Jesus. I don't have a miracle in my pocket that I can give to you. I am not a miracle worker. There's only one that is able to perform miracles, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone is able.